Tell you when I was having the heart attack, it was coming on slow from 9.30 in the morning, and I guess I walked up to a shopping plaza and um, was in the shopper's drug mart of all places and started sweating and feeling the pain started getting intense and uh, banged my chest a few times, and that didn't seem to help. Just made the record skip, maybe. So I felt I was at the cashier with my stuff, and I felt something's wrong, i got to get out of here. Uh, I was 500 meters from the hospital, or I, I mean, I don't know what, I was a city block and a half, whatever that is. But I was inside the shoppers, and I, I took my stuff and I put it back on the shelves where it belonged. And then I hastened out of there, you know, like whipped right past everybody. I decided rather than, uh, you know, alarm everybody, have them call 911. And I gauged that I could walk to the hospital, probably before an ambulance would get to me, um, or at least in the same amount of time, although in the ambulance it would have been a lot less stress on me to add to the problem. So I did. I walked out, and there's a little passageway that divides part of the shopping center that you go through to the back. So I went through it, and I walked out, and I started gasping, like holding deep breaths, pushing it, taking the huge breaths like that and, and using my uh, solar plexus to expand and draw it right down deep so to get as maximum oxygen that I could. And I was pounding my chest, pounding my chest. Um, as I went up the sidewalk and a couple was walking towards me and they saw me doing this and they were, <laughs> they were trapped because there was a construction fence on the right-hand side of the sidewalk and all the traffic on the other side of the sidewalk. We had to bypass each other. I did step off the curb and go around them, but ironically, it should have been them stepping off the curb for me. And no concern other than fear for, you know, some wayward drug addict was uh, crossing their path. So anyway, that's about half a, half a block. So I got to the intersection, almost 100 feet from the intersection where the um, hospital sits on the kitty corner. And uh, the light changed. And I didn't know whether I was going to meet a light or not. And there was a, so I just walked right across the street. I wasn't getting the oxygen from my blood and uh, my thinking and everything else. I was getting a little bit disoriented, but I knew I was making a beeline for the hospital. And uh, I walked right in front of traffic. Traffic cars stopped, honked their horn at me and let me go. And, and I'm going to tell you that at that hospital where I was in Chilliwack, uh, that area is inundated with addicts. And there have more than an average share of uh, drug-related problems in the system. So I get to the parking, and when you when you arrive from that perspective, you have to go around to the left and up, you know, another hundred meters, to the uh, front entrance and the uh, emergency entrance. But at the back is the ambulance entrance, and that was only about a 50 yards away from me at the most, maybe 40, yeah, 40, 50 yards. Anyway. I fell down in the parking lot because I was getting pretty dizzy and pretty, I was gasping. And uh, I got up to that 
doorway well actually I drag myself along the wall keeping myself up you know I got scrapes all over my shoulder on the concrete wall I got there and you know there's a like a keypad and there's a double you know sliding doors you know as you would imagine a double sealed so I got there and I started pounding on the thing I could see nurses I could see people walking around in there and one of them kind of looks at me and just ignores me I'm wearing a ball cap a baggy t-shirt and uh, long pants and these same shoes I use for walking um, and I was literally pounding on the door as much as I could and I was getting so I couldn't even pound on the door I started sliding down it's right out of a you know a horror movie like somebody just gunned me down and you know from behind and you know dragging down the window and it's even I remember it even squeaked and a nurse comes there and and I use the term nurse loosely because she was a freaking bitch and cold-blooded snot with an attitude obviously about homeless people and uh, drug addiction etc that should have her fired from her job. So she comes to through the first set of double doors and stands inside the second one. I'm sliding down and I'm I'm trying I can't even speak. I'm saying having heart heart attack. And she looked at me, she's going, go around. Go around. And she kept saying, go around. I go <laughs> And another one came and stood beside her, and they're looking at me, and they're talking about me, and she's saying, you have to go around. And I, and I remember it quite clearly, oddly enough, because I, I was losing it. I was starting to black out, and I and I just couldn't hold up anymore. I just fell down. I said, I gave up. And the other one, so she opened the door and, you know, grabbed me, and, and um, she kind of took over and told the other one to get a wheelchair. She'd come back saunters back with a wheelchair and they got me in the wheelchair I'd, and you know got me up I guess I felt some hope and I was able to communicate I said I'm having a heart attack and so emergency is right there right so they wheeled me around the corner shut me onto a bed and uh, you know they got me off they wanted my check-in and the one other nur nurse there's more people in merge involved and there are obviously a lot more you know, into attending to the medical issue for this person. And uh, so they, um, one of them says, I'm going to, do you have your ID? I said, yeah, I have my ID. I give her, you know, she, she, I said, it's in my pants. I couldn't do anything. They're pulling my shirt off and all kinds of stuff and getting me up onto the bed. So she went and registered me in and stuff like that. And, and they uh, got me uh, settled with... Uh, you know, a bunch of aspirins and a bunch of nitro, like several squirts. Oh, Jesus, I got a bear of a headache. Uh, so they gave me Tylenol for that. So basically they gave me, you know, the, the nitro to uh, expand the capillaries. They gave me the um, aspirin to thin the blood. And they uh, gave me the Tylenol to take care of the headache all that cart creates. So they got me stabilized and whatnot. And the uh, nurse that gave me such a hard time and watched me dying on the sidewalk 
she's working in a different part of the, the, the unit and maybe not even in the unit because she wasn't working as an emergency nurse. She had the nerve to come over to my bed and I know why she did it when she did it because it was lunch break. There's only two nurses and a doctor and she comes up and she said to me, you're new here, aren't you? So I said, yeah. And she said, oh, because the emergency entrance is at the front of the hospital and you came to the ambulance entrance and you can't come in the ambulance entrance unless you're in the ambulance. So next time you have to go around to the front. I'm laying there in the bed and I got all this stuff stuck to me, you know, and everything else. And I looked at her and I said, are you for real? Like, you're coming over here to add on to the moronic nonsense. I, I was pissed. I said, you know, you would have stood there and watched me die with absolutely no conscience. And I don't believe you have any, you obviously don't have any conscience because you're here telling me next time I have to go around. Zero empathy, zero compassion for someone who is in a crisis. So, you know, you really need to think about why you're here. I know why nobody on your team likes you. <laughs> I heard those words coming out of my mouth and uh, I couldn't believe I said it, but she looks at me like, what are you talking about? No need to be rude. And I said, no need to be rude. I said, you're talking to a people, a, a people, a person who's laying here at a crisis moment in their life that's just had a heart attack. Go away. This isn't your unit. Go away. And uh, she went away. The crew in there in emergency was really good. Word gets around because I worked for the same health region uh, as a nurse. I also worked for Vancouver Coastal and. So they were quite chatty. Um, the one one guy, he's a hipster, you know. They're in that age group, right? And and he uh, so he's talking to me about psych, working in psych and whatnot. And so he's really interested in all that, you know, finding out about that stuff because he's thinking about doing it. And he's got a great personality, and really knows how to you know approach people and, and talk with people. So so I told him follow up on it. You know, they need more people like you. My, my hours in the emergency were really not unpleasant. Not unpleasant. We're not. Sorry, there's a guy in the bed beside me, and he was a super entitled character. And he's insisting you want to get up into a room, and they're saying, well, you know, they can't put, you know, there's a queue. He said he'll pay cash. Well, this is Canada. It's a no-cash system, supposedly. So yeah, and the doctors are there and all this, and there's a big to-do with him and whatnot. And I'm just laying there. I was actually, you know, settled, like the chest pain was settled and everything else. Scared, but settled. And he's telling him he'll pay cash. So they all negotiate and then they let him go. They let him go up into a room, into a bed. Well, he was there before me. So, I mean, it's not like I feel like I should have got the bed or anything like that. It goes on. He turns out that he's a radio personality with some obnoxious small town hillbilly opinion radio show and a great sense of entitlement so as it time went by I guess I was in the merge probably about 10 hours and 
several bladder emptying system. Uh, I'll cut that out. Anyway, um, so they told me, you're going to, we're booking you in, you're going up to a room, and we're going to book you for an angiogram, which, you know, could be several days, four, five, six days before you get that. Um, at least the doctors will come and talk to you. So anyway, so after 10 hours or 11 hours, they put me up in a room. It was all very nice and pleasant. And guess what? I get a bed beside the, you know, Mr. Personality. And uh, I hear them. And so he's gotten lots of attention. You know, he's a narcissistic, narcissistic. And uh, he's telling them how he wants to, needs to get into the angiogram right away, you know, right away, right away, right away. And, and he's talking, he'll pay them, you know. You know, when he doesn't talk with the doctors down doing the angiograms, you know, I mean, like these people with, uh, the word escapes me right now, you know, but they're, they're um, first of all, I guess they've got uh, scruples. So anyway, what happens is the doctors come up and talk to you. So the doctors are up there talking to him, and they're telling him, "Well, you got to wait. You go down. You can go down tomorrow morning. We we'll get you in tomorrow morning. You know, no cash involved." I, I mean, I remember when the doctor he's quite indignant and rightfully so. He said, "There's there's no cash, no money exchanging hands here." He said, "He said we get you in in the morning." He said, "But you you need to take these meds, and the guys one of them is aspirin, right?" So the guy says, oh, I can't take aspirin. I'm allergic to aspirin. The doctor's saying, well, you know, we, we can't. You have to take the aspirin today and in the morning or we can't do it, an angiogram. Um, and the guy is insisting, no, I won't take aspirin. I refuse. It's my right, believe it or not. And this is before COVID is breaking loose. It's my right to refuse medication and they said well yeah you're you're right it is your right but refusing the medication means you're refusing the operate the angiogram the operation and we cannot um can't do it without you taking the blood thinning well he refuses so they said okay well that's fine and we'll come and talk to you again so anyway in the meantime they go out Fifteen minutes later, nurse comes in and says, Ron, take these aspirin. You're going for an angiogram in the morning. You don't have to wait five days, four or five days. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. So gave me the aspirin, and the doctors came in and talked to me about it and everything else, and I gave all of my permissions. And, you know, I mean, these people are about to save my life. Uh, I'm not going to put any barriers in their way. So morning comes, get down there. They run through the, uh, you know, the caveats with me again. The fellow, the doctor, he's a great guy. And he said, look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. If something goes wrong in there, or we're going to do whatever it takes to save you, or you are going to waive us doing that, and you may not come out of there alive. So what is your choice? I said, well, I picked door number one. Do whatever you need to do. And uh, so off we went.
when I went in under the x-ray and he stuck the tube in there to shoot the dye and what it showed was a, a block on the artery on my heart but it just washed right out as soon as he uh, put the dye in. So we saw that on the x-ray machine and even the doctor, well he said out loud, I won't say exclaimed, but he, he said with some punctuation that he said, wow, that washed right out of there. So it was uh, probably, you know, just a enough to block and a fragile block really, but uh, stuck the thing in my wrist, put it, put the camera in there, had a look. That was it really. I, I came out of there, I was in the recovery room and it was just like nothing ever happened like 20 minutes later, you know, and as a matter of fact, I had had to be uh, transited from the hospital in Chilliwack to the hospital in Abbotsford for this process. And of course, then they have to send an ambulance to pick me up and take me back. Well, they did have several emergencies and I ended up staying up in the recovery room for like eight hours or whatever. And everything was, you know, they were all gone and their nurses were, you know, had changed shift and, and I was there on my own. and. You know, I mean, it was just like there was absolutely nothing wrong with me and nothing had ever happened. You know, I was out walking around, you know, pacing the hallways, haunting other patients and chit-chatting with the nurses when they found out that I was a retired nurse. Yeah, so they basically left me on my own. I was fine and whatnot and gave me lots of food. And uh, finally, my the ambulance comes back and, man, was that swank. I mean, that ambulance. Whew. I could live in that thing. And uh, just the sweetest person attending me. Very pretty, very energetic, friendly, and talkative person. I was very, very, very lucky. And touch painted wood. I feel compassion for the people that go through so much more with heart attacks and come out with damage to their heart and with limitations on their lives that I'm very fortunate that I, I don't have to deal with. So that's a wrap. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate you being here and I hope to see you again. Take care.